This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila. First up this hour, we look back at the AMNO General Assembly, which came to an end on Saturday. So this was, of course, AMNO's first General Assembly since the formation of the Unity Government. And... A quick recap of some of the highlights of what happened in the Assembly. So it started on Wednesday and, as I said, um, came to an end on Saturday. The main thing that has gotten a lot of attention was the fact that um, they passed a motion for the President and Deputy President posts to be uncontested in the upcoming party elections. So uh, this, of course, uh, was not... This wasn't a unanimous decision by any means. Uh, the motion was tabled by Negri Sembilan candidate Mohammad Shukri Samshuddin and was supported by Tringanu, Slango, Penang, Kedah and uh, Wanita Amno delegates. Um, and uh, essentially, it appeared that the two-third majority was reached and therefore the motion was passed. Uh, and some of the reasons given for this are to retain um, the current president, uh, Datuk Sri Ahmad Zahid Hamidi, as well as Datuk Sri Mohammad Hassan, uh, was to ensure that AMNO could focus on preparing for the state elections and to avoid further divisions within the party. However, as I said, this wasn't really um, a unanimous vote because there were many who... Um, who had already expressed displeasure at the fact that this was being put up for vote in the first place. And among those who were against the motion were the federal territories and Joho delegates. Um, people like the uh, former AMNO Youth Chief Kairi Jamaluddin has also come out to say that this um, was against democracy and that this was a narrative, um, that this was essentially um, pushing a false narrative that the contest would bring a split within the party. Uh, now, this was perhaps the biggest event to take place during the assembly, but larger observations as well. Um, commentators are pointing out how this was um, probably a, a clearest indication of a larger uh, divide or um, a, a clear line of, um, I suppose, of opinions and, and um, uh, outlook splitting within the party, particularly in the wake of the GE and um, dissatisfaction over poor showing in the GE. Um, and so moving forward, it would be quite, it'll be quite interesting to see what materializes and what direction the party heads in. Because on the one hand, you have um, a party president, Zahid in this case, who is part of the unity government, but in the grassroots, still a fair amount of dissatisfaction about working together with Pakatan Harapan, specifically working together with DAP, of course. Um, there's also, of course, uh, the fact that the vice presidency uh, is still open and those will be contested in the um, elections which are coming up in May. So a lot to look forward to. One other thing that emerged in the Assembly was um, Zahid's policy speech where he spoke about Datuk Sri Najib Raza being a victim of political persecution and selective prosecution and he demanded that Najib be given a fair trial. He added that Najib was one of the key figures that had boosted AMNO's performance in several states after BN lost in the 2018 general election. Uh, again, a point of contention here that might not sit very well with the rest of the unity government. Um, so it remains to be seen how this is going to uh, play out uh, in the coming days. But we are going to try and understand what what to take forward really from this general assembly that just happened. And very shortly, we will be 
We will be joined by um, Ben Sufian. Uh, but in the meantime, do keep your thoughts coming. What would you like to see from Amno moving forward? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Bringing fresh meaning. BFM 89.9. It's 5.13. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila. And we are diving into the recently concluded AMNO General, General Assembly. Uh, and we'd like to hear from you. What would you like to see from AMNO moving forward? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now on the line is Ben Sufian, program director at Merdeka Centre. Ben, always good to have you with us. Uh, thank you for having me on. So the biggest development from the Assembly was the passing of this no contest motion to not change the top two posts of AMNO. Did you anticipate this? Yes, I think, you know, within the inner circles of AMNO and some of the people that are closely observing the dynamics within the party, uh, that was one very strong proposal that was coming up and, uh, and not unexpected uh, that it has come out and it also got passed uh, during the last day of the sessions. So while the motion did pass, there was a lot of opposition to it, including actually booze during the assembly itself, which is very rare in, in the UMNO space. What does all this indicate about the party's unity moving forward? Well, I mean, you know, as we see the, um, you know, in the wake of that decision, uh, there has been, you know, ongoing comments, uh, particularly amongst those people who disagree. Uh, and I think there's a sizable number of disagreement. Uh, within senior leaders of the party. And uh, the narrative being used is that democracy is dead in UMNO. Uh, and yet there are, I think, senior leaders who I think deep inside disagree, but openly agree as well. Uh, so I think, you know, the boost does reflect some of the sentiments within the party that uh, there is some, some desire within quarters of the party to see change in the leadership of the party to someone that's more fresh, someone that doesn't have the baggage of court cases, and someone could reinvent the image of the party. And now that the top two posts are not contested, that opportunity is seen lost by some people uh, within the party. But we don't know the size of the dissenters, uh, but safe to say that uh, the traditional uh, long-standing uh, grip on power by the party's old guard remains very firm. And they have been able to persuade the delegates to vote in favour of having the top two posts uncontested. So this brings us to quite an interesting juncture because on the one hand, Zahid is a key component of the Unity Government Pact. But on the other hand, the Assembly has revealed that his support within his own party uh, is maybe not all that strong. How do you see this playing out? Well, I think, you know, you brought the mention of uh, AMNO and Zahid Hamidi's participation in the unity government. I think in the short term, this decision does strengthen that government's stability. And, and that has been, uh, I think, a key question within observer, investors and the public at large. Can this government last or will we slide back into the episode of changing prime minister every year or so? Uh, I think given that he has... Uh, won this decision, so the likelihood is that there is a stronger possibility now that this government could last uh, for so long as Zahid and uh, Muhammad Hassan remains in the top two posts. Uh, but I think within AMNO itself, there's a great deal of concern 
because I think they had hope for a change in leadership and someone that could bring confidence back to the party and allow them to compete against Perikatan National or more specifically PAS. Uh, and without having the top two posts uh, contested, uh, it makes the ability of AMNO to refresh its image to the Malay electorate much more difficult in the coming years. And so a lot depends on this contest, whether a fresh lineup will emerge in the second echelon of the party when the vice presidency posts the three positions there uh, are put up for contestation. So um, I do want to get back to the unity government, but since you brought up the vice presidency, um, what do you anticipate there? Well, I think, you know, the room there is open for people to contest. I think in the past, the position for the vice presidents typically see a lot more candidates. And so we expect to see, uh, you know, some previous ones who had contested in other positions. We expect uh, some of the individuals that are there, like, you know, maybe... Uh, Ismail Sabri, uh, Khalid Nodin and others to defend their position. Uh, but we also expect new entrants. And here, I think the factional uh, politics within AMNO will you know, rear its head and we might see new alignments emerge. I think what's uh, uh, I think in store is whether or not we are going to see credible fresh faces come up uh, to contest for the vice presidency because that represents the next echelon of AMNO leaders uh, moving forward. So if we see uh, the older leaders uh, defending their turf or, or others that are aligned with uh, you know, past leaders try to come up and defend the position and uh, less of the younger candidates vying for that position, it means that it's much harder for AMNO to change uh, and face the future and present itself as a party that can relate to younger Malaysians, particularly Malays. Now, it's also become quite clear, as, as you referenced earlier, that the AMNO grassroots isn't entirely sold on the idea of the unity government. And in fact, we actually saw Mat Hassan uh, making a speech in praise of DAP as a way to win them over. What are your thoughts on all of this? I think this is a process that's going to take a long time. This is not something that can be done uh, immediately. At the same time, you know, AMNO is a different uh, party compared to PAS, where PAS uh, you know, is led by uh, more religious leaders that can justify their decisions, you know, based on scriptural interpretation. In the case of Amno, and I heard parts of uh, Mahasan's speech, uh, it uh, he, basically he presented a practical, a pragmatic argument for Amno's continued participation in the unity government, uh, as well as justifying uh, the partnership with PH and by extension the DAP. I think that's not easy to sell. Uh, to hardcore AMNO members that have been raised on an anti-DAP uh, messaging for all these years. So that's going to take time to adjust. But at the same time, it is also a two-way street. Uh, I think the DAP is also aware of how uh, some segments of the Malay uh, electorate perceive them and they also adjust their positioning and also their rhetorics in government. Then I think it makes for a more peaceful cabinet and easier for both partners to work together into the future. Because my view is the unity government is something that both sides, both AMNO and Pakatan Harapan needs in order to calm the situation and uh, translate their ideas into action in this government. And so they need a period of peace and stability to do so. And 
capturing the imagination and managing the expectations of their members is key in ensuring that it happens. So on that point, um, we do have a message from Winston, and I thought I'd get you to uh, respond to it. So Winston mm-hmm. says, moving forward, Amno now is a Trojan horse in the unity government. Money politics is back in play. Um, what do you make of that? Well, I think, you know, this is an expectation that has to be managed. You know, you the leopard cannot change its spots overnight. Uh, and also political financing issues is something that's longstanding. Um, you know, money politics happen in most political parties that have mass-based elections here in the country. So it's not just AMNO, other parties, even those in the opposition, are oftentimes accused of having the same sort of problems. Uh, and whether, you know, Trojan horse or not, I think, uh, I think a lot of uh, people, particularly Pakatan Harapan supporters, need to understand that in order to win government in Malaysia, to be in politics, one really has to compromise and work with one another. No single party can win an outright majority uh, and therefore compromises are needed. Uh, and I think for AMNO, they are in a critical juncture at the history of the party because year on year since 2004, they have been losing popular support. So, you know, in some sense, you know, they have this brief respite, maybe this next, uh, this immediate political term to reform and change the way they are perceived by the public. And so if they don't change, they will be rejected by the voters in a much greater magnitude in the next general election. So speaking of compromises, one aspect that's gotten a lot of attention is Zahid calling for a fair trial for Datuk Sri Najib Razak. Uh, He said Najib was a victim of political persecution. How do you think this will affect AMNO's relationship with the other parties in the unity government, especially Pakatan Harpan? Yeah, I think, you know, that's something that has to be mentioned. Every single party in the past which has had its leaders, you know, uh, spend time in jail, typically rally around the leader and present or represent the leader as a kind of martyr. Uh, and I think there's no different than what's uh, going on with Abno right now. Uh, I think it is also uh, indicative that despite being in jail, uh, Najib Razak continues to have a sizable base of support within the party. And I would reckon that many of the division leaders, significant number, uh, we don't know how many, maybe one third or so, uh, of the division leaders and the divisions continue to remain loyal to him and supportive of him. And so I think there is a need to, um, you know, play that play that up in order to ensure, um, you know, he's not forgotten and that uh, they are not leaving him on the side. Uh, more so because the family members, uh, Najib's family members, were also at the Congress. Uh, but having said that, uh, I think the unity government and AMNO's partners in PH are committed to see that there's no tampering with the process of the courts. Uh, I think that case, you know, uh, as well as I think Zahid's case himself, are important uh, bellwether cases that is seen as an indicator for judicial independence in the country. So I think no leader in his right, his or her right mind, would uh, interfere with the process of the courts. And so uh, I think the courts uh, will carry out their process without much interference from the current political leadership, let alone the previous one. So even, even you know, AMNO uh, leaders have not in the past interfered with the courts. So we don't expect that process to change. So you mentioned the parties uh 
continued sort of dropping off of support over the last decade or so. And a big part of the grassroots dissatisfaction now comes from Amno's poor showing in GE15. What were some key takeaways on that front from the Assembly? Um, any indication of their strategy moving forward? Well, I think, you know, the debate in the uh, the debate during the Assembly, you know, I think did not really delve into the critical areas because they didn't criticize the leadership of the party up front. Uh, and so there is a bit of, uh, you know, managing or self-censorship going on. Uh, there's a lot of blaming of the opponents, uh, rightly so, but uh, there's not a, not a lot of self-introspection in terms of, you know, honestly discussing the weaknesses of the party. In our view, uh, Amno's poor showing in the election is in part due to its weak leadership and its inability to translate uh, its presence in government into actions that affect the people. Plus, you know, they were also in an unfortunate period of time. You know, the COVID situation really affected uh, the economic uh, sentiments. Uh, a lot of people lost incomes. And I think by data provided by the Department of Statistics, we do know that uh, the middle class in Malaysia shrank perhaps by 20%. Uh, so a lot of people went into the B40. So B40 probably B50 now. Uh, and so that, I think, translated itself, manifested in the massive swing against Barisan National in the general election. And it's unfortunate that many people, particularly young voters, identified the Barisan National as the government at that time, even though they were in partnership with Perikatan National. So uh, Amno was left holding the baby uh, and their partners uh, in government uh, came across as the savior. Uh, so that I think is part of parcel of the problem, but in part it's also because they had an unpopular leadership, uh, the party was in disarray. Uh, it's also a surprise election because we thought that they were the ones clamoring for an early election. But when the dates emerged, uh, they were seemingly unprepared uh, for the campaign itself. We have about two minutes left. How do you see all this impacting voter sentiment? Well, I think, you know, we are looking at things. Uh, we are, you know, conducting our surveys as usual. And what we do notice is this. AMNO has this short space of time in order to reorient and uh, refresh itself. So this party election is really critical. Now that the top two posts is not going to be contested, I think it's important for them to manage public expectations there. And I think one way that they can turn things around is the, if they have a more refreshed lineup for the vice presidency positions. That's number one. Number two, they really need to use their time in government uh, to pressure, uh, to work together so that the economic activities can be resuscitated, can be reinvigorated. Because we think that the massive swing we saw in November last year was due to uh, economic deprivation and to resulting in a protest vote against AMNO. So they really have to spend this time doing that and they need to move beyond politics and address these issues. Uh, and I think the third thing that they have to do is to ensure that their time spent in government is uh, spent constructively rehabilitating the party, strengthening, stabilizing government so that investors can come back and uh, strengthen our national economy. So they, they have a brief respite. If not, they will continue to lose support. And you know, this upcoming state elections that may roll by in the middle of the year, uh, that will be a bellwether as to whether they can hold their line uh, against the onslaught from PAS and Bersatu. Ben, thanks for speaking with us.
You're welcome. That was Ben Sufyan, Program Director at the Merdeka Centre, speaking to us about the AMNO General Assembly that just concluded. Send your thoughts our way. What would you like to see from AMNO moving forward? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.